Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Y'all, God is good. All the time, God is good. I'm excited about the message. I'm, I am more excited about the message I'm going to be sharing with you because I got this, I believe, from the Holy Spirit almost two weeks or more ago, but um, I didn't get an actual title until, I think, last Wednesday. And then now, after I've heard the prophecy this morning, wow, you, you got that? Man, I heard the prophecy this morning from uh, Mrs. Ruth. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you are just something else, man. Praise the Lord. He's so good. So what I'm going to talk to you this morning is about a subject that, um, that's dear to my heart because uh, I have dealt with this in the past. And if I'm not mindful of it, I still have to. And that is worrying, worrying. And in the day and age in which we live, Jeff had touched on it. There's a lot of things that are going on in the world. And there's a lot of things that has gone on or is going on, maybe with your family or friends and things that will tempt us to worry. But what my title actually is, is not what would Jesus do, but why worry Jesus doesn't. That's my title. Why worry? Jesus doesn't. So I want to go ahead and turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to jump right into this uh, without any hesitation. The Word of God is amazing. The Holy Spirit is amazing. And I just thank Him for, for helping us uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, I just give you praise and glory. I thank you that you... Uh, man, you, you know the hearts of your people. You know where your people are at. Holy Spirit, you know how to minister as I speak and yield to you. You take these words and touch the hearts of those that are listening in a way that I can't. So uh, I just give you praise and glory for that. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. So turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And like I say, we're just going to jump right into the Word of God. I'm going to read a very familiar passage. We will not be turning to a lot of scriptures this morning. I mean, I do have scriptures to turn to, but we're going to try to, like, dissect the scriptures that we're in. So there will not be a bunch of flipping. But uh, so if just by chance uh, Miss Janine does not put on the screen a scripture that I'm saying, don't be looking back at her. It's T, Okay. All right, because sometimes even when I give my uh, information to my message for the youth, I don't put all the scriptures there. I just kind of lean on the Holy Spirit. Amen. So there may not be stuff up there. That's why it's important to have a Bible or a phone app Bible or something with you. But I ain't going to touch on that. Let's read verse number 38. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Now it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled 
about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. I'll be reading primarily from the New King James Bible, and I want to bring out something right up front. I can relate to Martha in this story more so than Mary. And I believe a lot of people can, as Christians, can relate because, as I said to you earlier, I've been there, and if I'm not mindful, I still go there in reference to worrying. So we're going to see here that Jesus was not rebuking Mary. And, and I've heard this uh, preached or taught in that way where he was rebuking her and he was getting on her, but that's not true. He was loving her. He was helping her to regain her focus. I'm going to ask you a question now. Does the Holy Spirit condemn and rebuke? Good. You guys learn. You read your Bibles. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Because Jesus said that he, the Holy Spirit, would take of his while he's at the right hand of the Father and reveal it or show it to you. So while you and I are dealing with worry, the Holy Spirit is not condemning us. He's loving us out of it. But sometimes we can cloud that or clutter that with worry, clutter his direction, clutter his, his guidance with worry. So let's look at each one of these verses here. Starting with verse number 38, it says, Now it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and a certain woman, Martha, welcomed him. She initially welcomed the word. Physically, the word, Jesus. She initially welcomed him into her house. But sometime between the him, her welcoming him and, 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 and Jesus actually speaking, she got distracted. Sometime between hearing the word how many have read Mark chapter 4? The deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things. What does that scripture say? Has choked, choked out the word that's been sown. Has been distracted. Because of distraction, we move into that, that, that area of worrying. So we, just like uh, in, in, uh, in the scripture, how Jesus says that he, 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 Jesus is divine, and we, we are the branches. The branches can't survive without the vine. But the vine is not worrying. The vine is constantly producing life and pumping life into us. But when we allow these things of the world or people or circumstances or situations to clog that, we forget who we have initially welcomed in our life upon salvation, the life giver. And he's not worrying because he's not worrying. We don't have to because he's the vine, we're the branches. But because of worrying, we choke. We don't choke Jesus. I know it says it. We don't choke. We, clutter, we keep that deliverance. We keep that freedom. We keep that peace that is ours from coming up and us experiencing and overshadowing and dominating that worry. So it's not him that's being choked up. The word is us allowing that word that's constantly giving life. And I know, I mean, I mean, maybe some of you can relate. There's things that, that are not necessarily bad things, 
that I would get to worrying about. I have worried about in the past or worry about now. And if I'm not mindful, I will start actually getting a physical pain in the back of my neck. And if not in the back of my neck, my shoulder blade. But I never really noticed that until, I mean, I had dealt with this for years. And then I got to noticing, like, man, I'm, I'm, when I start to worry, I get a physical pain. And that's not from God. Just because the thing that I'm worrying about is not something bad, it still may be something good, but I'm not to worry about it. And that pain is not from God. So we're going to see later what to do or how we are not to worry and to deal with that mess at the onset. We have to. The Word of God says that we have to. Look at verse 39. It says, and she, verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet. The Amplified Bible says that Mary seated herself. So Jesus came into the house. Martha starts walking towards the kitchen, and Mary starts walk, kept walking with Jesus. And she sat at his feet. One translation says she sat at, at his feet with others also. So she wasn't by herself. She was with the disciples and whoever else was with Jesus. But, you know, you guys know when I minister, I minister sometimes out of the uh, T, imagination translation. Okay? <laughs> so don't, don't mess with me. Don't raise your hand and say, now, what, what are you saying? Just fine. You're not going to find this translation up there or on your cell phones. All right? Because I just kind of imagine things that are happening or how it happened back then or even like now. So Martha is in the kitchen cooking the gospel bird. Y'all know what the gospel bird is, right? Fried chicken. <laughs> She's frying the gospel bird, and she looks back and sees her sister Mary sitting there at Jesus' feet. And I can only imagine that she's looking at Mary like, and Mary ain't paying attention to her because she's sitting there with the Lord. And what does the scripture say? She sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Say, heard his word. Now, this is the same Mary. It's, it's, there's more than one Mary that did this, but this particular Mary, it's the same Mary that anointed Jesus with expensive perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. So she was familiar with looking into his eyes because you can't do that without looking into someone's eyes. She was familiar with seeing that love. She was familiar with being in the presence of Jesus. So you have here, as verse 39 shows, that you have one sister that's worrying and another sister that's worshiping. You can't worship and worry at the same time. And even if you're worrying, if you start worshiping, you'll get out of worry. I've been there and I know I'm not the only one. So just as we, even doing praise and worship, there's something about coming together, especially as a group of people, as a group of children of God and worshiping. If you allow yourself to just get into it, it minimizes stuff that is going on in your life that's not, not good or a distraction. 
So one was worrying, the other was worshiping. And verse number 40, you notice that Martha did not complain to Mary. You know, I can imagine she only looked at her, but she did not say anything. The Bible doesn't say that she said something. It only says that she spoke to Jesus and said to Jesus, Lord, tell her to help me. Lord, you tell her to help me. And what did Jesus say? Jesus didn't get on Mary. He dealt with Martha. Okay? So Martha is the same sister. Listen. Remember when Lazarus was raised from the dead? She was the same sister that said, Jesus, when Jesus said, roll away the stone. She stopped him and said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Jesus, he stinketh. Now, this is the Lord just telling the guys to roll away the stone. But what you, don't, what you uh, notice about this is that Mary didn't say a word. She didn't say, the Bible doesn't uh, record her saying anything. It's Martha, the worry wart, that said, Whoa, whoa, and stop the guys from rolling away the stone. And then Jesus' response to Martha was, did I tell you? Because they had a conversation earlier when she came out of the house. He said, did I tell you that I am the resurrection and the life? He that believeth on me, though he's dead, he shall live. So I'm telling you, in this stinky situation that you may be in, just believe and not worry. So he's speaking not to the situation. He's speaking to his son. He's speaking to his daughter. You may be in a stinking situation right now, but don't stop Jesus from rolling away the stone in your life that he wants to do. So she stops Jesus. She stops the guys. The word, if you read it, we're not going to go there. You read it. They had to stop because after she said, he stinketh, Jesus said to her that response, I'm the resurrection and the life. Then they had to come back and say again, the guys rolled the stone away. And that's when he looked up. And, of course, he commanded Lazarus to come up forth. And Lazarus come jumping out with grave clothes on doing the mummy dance. Okay, so, so what, 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 am, what am I saying to you? It's, it's not the stinky situation, y'all. I've been there. It's not the stinky situation. It's he who's with you in that stinky situation. Come on now. Jesus said to you, in this life, not when you go to heaven, right here, right now. You're going to have tests. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world for you. And, and, and Man, I got. But anyway, there's so much here. Because I, I used to feel when I would read stuff like the scriptures like this, I would be like, man, how? How do I not worry? I want to show you. And, 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 it's, and, and I used to be like, because I will focus on myself not worrying instead of focusing on him. 
Okay? So, so in verse number uh, 41, let's look at verse number 41. Jesus says to Martha, Martha, Martha. That's what he said. He says her name twice. And when Jesus says something twice, like verily, verily, he's trying to tell you, pay attention to me, please. I'm trying to talk to you. Just so he says, Martha, Martha. But understand, he's not rebuking Martha like, like this has been preached and taught. He's not rebuking her. He's loving her. That's why he's not. I, I, I want your attention here. So Jesus, in, in some aspect, is dealing with Martha's own identity in herself. Consider that. Because, see, Martha felt in a way that she didn't deserve to sit at Jesus' feet. And not only that, that she felt that Mary should be sitting there. If you think about this in the context of how this took place in the culture of that day, women didn't sit down at a man's feet, much less Jesus. Remember, the scripture vividly, uh, specifically says that when the 5,000 were fed, it says that 5,000 men and women and children. So the men were there, but it didn't put the men with the women and the children. And Matthew says that. Mark doesn't say it. It just says 5,000. So in a, in a way, Martha didn't feel that she should be sitting where she's sitting. But Jesus is trying to tell her, yes, you should be here, not worrying with me. That's what he's trying to tell her. So, so, so Martha didn't feel worried, but Jesus is trying to help her to regain her focus on him. Because remember, in verse number 38, initially she welcomed the word. She welcomed peace. She welcomed joy. She welcomed rest. And how many know if you, you have a little child or when your kids were small and they're all distracted and, and worked up, you know, have you ever just grabbed your child's face very gently and say, listen, 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 focus, look at me, look at me, chill, settle down, it's okay, I'm with you. Look me in the eyes. I'm with you. Shh. Settle down. That's what Jesus is doing with Martha. That's what he does with you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's not beating you up. Don't you beat yourself up. He's trying to help you not to worry. So he's saying, shh, settle down. Shh. Settle down. Focus. Look at me. I'm with you. It's okay. I know that a bunch of mess is going on around you. I know it seems impossible, but I'm here. I'm present. I'm in the house. I'm in you. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So settle down. I'm with you. Look at verse number 42. But one thing, well, let's finish verse 41. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing, verse number 42, is needed. And Mary has chosen that part. Mary chose to be close to Jesus. Jesus didn't choose Mary to be close to him. Just like uh, John. You notice in the book of John, out of all the Gospels, he talks a little bit more intimately about Jesus than the other Gospels. And, and John was in that, you know, the circle of Peter, Paul, uh, Peter, James, and John. But it wasn't because Jesus chose John to be close to him 
John chose to be close to Jesus. And he was so close to him, you know, when they was eating. And Jesus says to the disciples, well, one of y'all going to betray me, man. I just, just tease translation. One of y'all, one of y'all going to betray me. And Peter's like, and in, you have Jesus here, John here, and Peter right here. It's not like he's outside looking in the window somewhere. And he looks at John, he goes, ask him, who's going to betray him? Instead of just saying, Jesus, who, who, who is it going to betray you? But John is leaning on Jesus' bosom, the word of God says. He just, just, just couldn't get enough of him. And he was so close to him that Peter didn't feel that close. So he asked John, why don't you ask him for us? But you can ask him. You can lean on his bosom all you want to yourself. And it's available. We can keep ourselves from worrying by keeping ourselves with him and in him. So this is something that, I mean, once again, he's not getting on Mary for being hospitable. He's not getting on her for being hospitable. Uh, in, in the book of Romans, in, in 1 Peter, in 1 Timothy, and, and I believe in Titus, it talks about being hospitable, hospitality, welcoming people into your house. It talks about that. So Jesus is not telling Martha that what she's doing is not good. It actually says that because it says that Mary, Jesus said that Mary has chosen that good part, the New King James says. But what he's saying to her is right now, you're not doing what you should be doing. And I want to tell you, friends, just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Just because what you may be doing doesn't mean it's God or God's will. And we can get ourselves into worrying and fretting by adding stuff or doing stuff that's good, but it's not God. And next thing you know, it's having an impact on us and everybody around us. So the Holy Spirit just as he's, he, Jesus said he would do, he will help us to get out of that and back into, which it never left, his peace and his rest. Because it never leaves. His rest never leaves. His peace never leaves. His joy never leaves. We pull ourselves out of those things. Okay? Because I know from experience, when I felt worry, I felt the pain, I felt my stomach starting to get nervous, and I get in, just refocus myself and start thinking of those things that we're going to talk about in Philippians, and thinking about his word, and worshiping him, and spending time, then I actually start to feel better. But did it just arrive? No. It was there the whole time. It was there the whole time. So this is not something that just happens overnight. We learn to do this. Stop being hard on yourself. Just continue to learn and continue to deal with it. Look at uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter, and you guys should have known I was going to go here. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank God for his word. It says, Philippians chapter 4, to be. 
you be. Man, look at here. I can preach this part right here. It says, verse, verse number six, it says, be, you be anxious for nothing. But in everything, say everything. Please don't read this like you've heard it before. I know you have, but don't miss it. But in everything by prayer. What does that mean? It's not so much talking about you getting down on your knees. That's fine. But you can't spend all day on your knees because you got to go to work. You got stuff to do. So you can't do everything on your knees. So prayer is not just on your knees. Prayer is driving down the road. Prayer is while you're hammering. Prayer is while you're working. Prayer is while you're with your kids going to the store. You're in fellowship with him. So by prayer and supplication, Supplication, you know, part of supplication is humbling yourself. Prayer and humbling myself and saying, God, I, I, I can't do this without you. I yield to you. Yeah. With supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which surpasses understanding. Man, that's amazing. It surpasses not just your understanding, but other people's understanding of you. And instead of you running around like a sprayed roach, <laughs> I grew up with roaches sometimes. My mom kept clean house, but we had roaches. Now I noticed that, you know, when you spray that roach, that roach come up on his leg, oh Lord. And then next thing you know, that roach take off running and run up under the refrigerator. Then it come out and say, oh, I've been sprayed and then run up under the oven. They come from the oven and then run up under the counter. They come up under the counter and then it run up under the, oh, I've been sprayed, I've been sprayed. And the last thing I noticed that I roach do, it'll flip on his back. I'll let it open. It don't stay up on it. And then it kind of kick his legs. Oh, 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 I've been sprayed. You got me, brother. You got me. So you, instead of you running around like a sprayed roach, you're saying to yourself, Lord, have mercy. I should be going crazy right now. I should be wanting to do stuff to myself that I shouldn't do. But his peace, his rest, his joy, it's like I don't understand it. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. So don't fight it. Just reel to it. And folks will look at you and say, man, Susan, man, Joe, I mean, are you all right? Yeah. Why you ask me if I'm all right? Because you, I mean, seem like you should be worrying about this. Seem like you should be fretting about this. Seem like you should be full of anxiety about this. But it's just, I, I just something I can't even fight it. I feel, I sense his rest. I sense his joy. It's like I can't understand it. And don't try to. Just yield to it. Verse number seven. Will guard, man, whoo, will guard your hearts. What do you believe with? What do you believe with? It's hard to believe and worry at the same time. You can't. But his peace will guard your heart and help you to continue to believing. And mine, where's the battlefield at? In your mind. That's why Satan tried to attack you is in your mind. Will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. 
Finally, all right, this is the way out right here. Verse number eight. Finally, my brother, my sister, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's your way out. You have a part to play. He is, listen, he haven't left you hanging, so to speak. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace shall be with you. My question to you, who wrote the book of Philippians? Paul. You ain't have to whisper it. <laughs> you Bible scholars out there. Paul, I doubt, I know I can speak for myself, I doubt anybody in here have been through what Paul has been through. And this man is writing this stuff here. Everything that he went through. Verse number 11. Not that I speak in regard to need. Oh, my. But I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. He said, I've learned this. I've learned this. These things, verse number 9 which you learn and receive. So you, 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 as, listen, you don't learn how to walk in his peace and to walk in his joy and to resist worrying when everything is cool, everything is smooth. You learn it in the midst of that mess. You learn it in that stinky situation. That's how you learn it. And guess what? The more you practice it, the more you do it, it gets gooder and gooder, better, and better. Amen? He's a good God, and so he teaches us these things. So you cannot be content and worry at the same time. Look at 1 Peter. Somebody tell me what chapter I'm going to. I'll give you a donut. <laughs> what chapter am I going to in 1 Peter? Yell it out. That, that sounds good. That's close. Y'all just cover all the chapters and you'll figure it out. First Peter chapter 5. Did somebody say 5? Give that person a donut after all the fathers have gotten theirs. First Peter chapter 5. Ah, oh, 6 and 7. Come on, my brother. First Peter chapter 5, 6 and 7. My question to you is, is this an old verse? Is this something not worth reading? What is the statement? If the word of God is old to you, is not real to you? If it's old to us, it's not real to us. If we settle our mind no matter what the scripture is and just get quiet, the Holy Spirit will bring something out of one word that you never heard before. And it'd be identical. It could be talking about uh, uh, Jesus wept. And you'll get something about whatever your situation is. Like, that verse don't say nothing about my situation. But the Holy Spirit does that. First Peter chapter 5. Look at verse number 6. 
Man, this is good. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. I need to get there myself, y'all. It says, therefore, humble yourself. You humble yourself. You. He's not going to do it for us. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Let's look at it. I'm sorry. I think I, yeah, I told them in the uh, Amplified Classic. Humble yourselves, demote, lower yourself in your own estimation, in your own, what are you saying in your own estimation? Don't, don't act like, Lord, I got some of this. Can you handle the other part? No. Humble yourself in your own, just let, listen, I can't deal with any of this, and I refuse to worry about any of it. Humble yourself in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. Now, I used to get mixed up with this due time stuff. I don't like that due time. I need something right now. This don't feel good. But don't get it misunderstood. You know, it's, it's so important that in all of our getting, we get understanding. It's like the two Rastafarians that went to the bank with carrying bags of money. And when the police investigated and asked them, why you guys showed up with all these bags of money? And the Rastafarian said, well, we were trying to open a joint account. <laughs> they interpreted what the bank said differently than what the bank was actually saying. In this particular verse, I used to get mixed up. It says, humble yourself, verse number six, under, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. What is the due time it's talking about? It's not that he's putting the, the circumstance on you. He's not holding you there like in the oven until you're well done. No, he's not doing that. What is it? He's saying that in due time, he will exalt you out of the situation. When is due time? Due time is when you cast the care on him and let it go. Your due time can be right now. It don't have to be later. Due time can happen in a second. We make the choice. So in due time, in due time, and we'll see later on, it says on the onset, in due time, due time is right now. I'm not taking this. I'm not worrying no more. Not in my own strength, but in him. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. Doesn't he sound like Paul? Paul saying, whatever, whatever, whatever. Peter saying, hold all your carries, all your worries, all your concerns on him. He, for he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully. Then he says in verse number eight, you be, you be well balanced, temperate, sober, sober of mind. Be vigilant. And cautious at all times, for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion and fills hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour in their mind. And we can keep his behind out. 
He's seeking the mind to devour, to, to come an entrance gate into your thinking. You don't go straight to feeling good into depression. You go from feeling good to worrying and then to depression. So it's a process. But if we nail it, verse number nine, withstand him, be firm in faith against his what? Onslaught. Is that what that say? I know it says it in mine. On, right there. As soon as it happened, deal, deal with it. I think I've shared this before, but it's worth sharing again. I remember Brother Hagen would tell the story in reference to his mom when he was six years old. And his grandmother used to be out hanging up clothes, and she would have him sit in the door and watch his mom because his mom had a nervous breakdown. You know, her husband left, Brother Hagen's dad left the kids. And so between that and everything that was happening, she, she lost it. And so she would get the butcher knife and try to kill herself. So at six years old, Brother Hagen would have to tell, you know, his mom, his grandmother, that mama has a knife, whatever, and she would have to... Um, come and rescue her and, and take the knife from her. But um, he was, said he had talked to his mom years later after she was delivered from this, and she did not remember none of it. But how did she get delivered? You know what? She went, she went to her doctor. Nothing wrong with medicine. And her doctor didn't give her medicine. Her doctor said to her, whenever you feel that worriness, that heaviness start coming on you, resist it speak out against it and that's how she was completely delivered by doing these verses right here that i'm sharing with you at its onset immediately punching in the mouth right as you feel it i get i get a little worked up sometimes but anyway that's what we have to do we can't be no pansy with this attack it fight back Verse number nine, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, not in yourself, but in him, knowing that at the same time, same identical time. And that's another thing, you know, you try to, we, we think, or we, the Satan try to make us think that nobody, nobody in the whole world has been through what I'm going through. That's a lie. That's a lie. It may not be identical. But as long as the world has been going and as long as the world will be, there's other people. Not to take away what you've gone through, please, or what you're experiencing now. Just understand you're not on an island by yourself. And you have Jesus with you. So the identical have been through the identical things that you've been to uh, appointed to your, your brethren, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. Verse number 10. And after you have suffered a while, the God of all grace. Don't get that suffered a while mixed up. It's, it can change in a moment. He's not there just letting you suffer until he want to bring you out. No, you've already been delivered. Who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus will complete and make you what you ought to be. What is it that you ought to be? You ought to be not worrying no matter what. You ought to be in peace no matter what. You ought to be in rest no matter what. You ought to be enjoying life no matter what. You ought to be not worrying. Why? Because of WWJD. 
Why worry? Jesus doesn't. So, you know, as I was studying and I was preparing for this message, I was kind of studying about uh, uh, sheep and shepherds and and, and wolves, you know, and how sheep react. And and it's amazing because, you know, and, and I think I have it written here in John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, Jesus talks about how he protects the sheep. The sheep hears his voice. And the shepherd calls the sheep by name, and and the shepherd goes before them, and the shepherd knows the sheep, and no one is able to snatch the sheep out of of his hand. And you may think you're snatched, but you're not snatched. You're covered. And he's with you. But, you know, as I was studying, I noticed that even the sheep, you know, when they sense danger or they sense like the wolf or something like that, they start to Get together. That's why when you're going through something, don't go through it by yourself. Get amongst some believers. Get amongst some some brothers and sisters in Christ that's going to encourage you and and help you and hold you and pray with you and love you and just be quiet sometimes. Get with some other sheep. But another thing they do besides gathering together and huddling up, if the wolf is close by and the sheep are grazing in the field, and they look up and see the wolf. They gather together, and the next thing they do is look for the shepherd. And if they see the shepherd, they continue to graze. Because they know as long as the shepherd there, his rod, his staff, they comfort him. They protect him. Psalms 23. The Lord is, not will be, your shepherd to feed, lead, guide, and protect. So as they're eating, because he leadeth them beside the still waters, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. People read that at funerals. It's not for funerals. It's right here, right now. Thou art with me. He's with you even in the dead situation, to protect you. So the sheep may smell the wolf. The sheep may see the wolf. The wolf may say, you're not healed. The wolf may say that your bank account, look at it. The wolf may say that this boy, this girl is not going to get any better. What does the word say? What does the shepherd say? And when you focus on what the shepherd say, you're able to eat. You're able to hold down food. You're able to not get pain in your body from worrying. When we focus on the shepherd, because he feeds, he leads, he provides. So in the midst of a situation, the father's favor, his mercy His grace, his ability is with you, and he's in you. So we can say, say, I can say, hallelujah, hallelujah, despite what I'm in. Why? Because he is sufficient to sustain. He's the great sustainer. He's sufficient to sustain you in any situation. 
So it's not the situation, it's the sustainer. That's who it is. That's who we focus on. So by doing so, no matter what the circumstance is, Ms. Janine, if you could get that ready, we can walk with him and we can say hallelujah regardless. And this song I want you to listen to before we close. It talks about and reference to his grace is sufficient. And of course, that's referencing Paul when he was talking to Jesus and uh, talking to the Father and wanting him to remove that particular thorn, which was the Jews, of course, persecuting him. And God focused not on the persecution, but he focused on, listen, I got something that's in you and with you, and that is my grace. It's sufficient in any circumstance. So shift your focus on me because my grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. I'll be right back.
One day I'll finally see And my faith will be my sight And all my present sufferings Will be gone and left behind I'll be standing in your favor Yeah, we can give him praise. If you go ahead and stand, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah, Father. Let's just give him praise. Let's give him glory. Father, we stretch our hands to you and say, we love you. We thank you for being the ultimate father. And we say, hallelujah. 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 Maybe you're here today. You say, I just can't say hallelujah because I don't know this God you're talking about. I'm not familiar with this Jesus you're talking about. But you can be. You have that opportunity right now to let him love you in your stinking situation. To let him love you in the midst of a mess. To receive the life that he's given to you freely. So as we're here together, if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to ask you right now to repeat after me. Jesus. Say it, Jesus, everyone, if you would. I want to know you. I want to accept you as my Lord or as my Savior. Receive me as your child, Father, in the mess that I'm in. I want to go to heaven and not to hell. So with my heart, I confess you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're not born again, you're born again now. Hallelujah. Peace has entered into you. If you're watching online, text the word prayer. If you're here right now and you just confess Jesus as Lord, don't walk out that door. Come up here. 
Let us continue to, to give you information that's going to set you on the right track. We want to put some stuff in your hand that's going to help you walk the walk. It's not going to always be easy, but Jesus is with you. And those that are here now that's been born again maybe for years, and you've made a heart decision to hell with worrying, because it's straight, it's going straight to hell. It's not from God. And if it's not from God, it's going to hell. There's no other place. There's no in between. To hell with that. Stick to your conviction. You're going to be tested on it. You're going to be tried on it. But you're going to come forth as pure gold. Amen. You will be cleansed. So if you need prayer for anything, as we say, now is the time. So don't walk out those doors without getting what you need to get. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't you love him? Isn't he a good daddy? He's the best father ever. And he's just not our father now. He'll be our father forever. So fathers, thank you so much that are here. Don't forget your dough. Don't forget your dough nuts. There's dough nuts. You'll get it when you get back there. Just save me a glazed donut. All right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you for your loving kindness and your protection, Father. Hallelujah for never leaving us. Never forsaken us. We love you. Amen. Go in Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Don't worry about nothing, y'all.